0: This was recorded before the coronavirus outbreak. We hope everyone is zooming along and remaining safe and well. Throw it at the owl. Throw
1: it at the owl.
0: Okay. Here's the owl now. Throw it now! (laughs) 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 Welcome to the Oil Dow, coffee club podcast, meeting after the meeting, where we talk about our experience living sober. We don't speak for Alcoholics Anonymous. This is only our experience. We have no monopoly on sobriety. If you don't like our approach, that's okay. There's lots of ways to live and lots of ways to live sober. This works for us. I'm Don.
1: And I'm Miranda.
0: the, The singing Miranda is back.
1: I am. I am. That's the only way I know how to say my name.
0: <laughs> <'Cause> that's <laughs> true. It, it's always the sing case. it, yeah. There's not, uh, the only thing to do with mine is a don, 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 don.
1: <laughs> <laughs> You should do that the next time, please. Please do, please do it that way. I don't know what to do other than be like, and I'm Miranda. No, I'd rather sing it. I would much rather <laughs> I sing like it. it. Thank
2: I you.
0: I like it.
1: Miranda. For, not like that. Miranda. <laughs> <laughs> I like the way he does it.
0: Who is that? Who are you? I'm Joshua. Joshua. Or Jazzy. Or Jazzy.
1: Should have just gone by Josh.
0: So you, I was going to say, is it your Joshua or Jazzy. Where does Jazzy come from? Oh, um, good
3: question. I had like uh, four days sober, and I was in treatment. And the dude who became my sponsor forgot my name, and so he just called me Jazzy Jeff. And then for some reason, that's it. That's the whole place where he came from. I just called wow. Jazzy for. I'm terrible decade. with names. That's a
0: good trick. You just give someone a nickname. Yeah,
3: I think everybody in my rehab had dumb nicknames. <laughs> that is amazing. So, it means nothing at all. That's it.
0: Really it, means nothing at all. But I it mean, works. Yeah. Yeah. That's uh, those names can attach. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm <laughs> yeah. stuck with it. When did you get sober? Uh,
3: my first day that I know that I didn't drink was New Year's Eve of 07. Oh. I was like, I went to treatment. Um,
0: you quit on New Year's Eve?
3: Well, it I, must have been I was, bad. I was forced to not drink on New Year's Eve. Um, so this, I went to a treatment center that's like half outpatient, half inpatient, and I was there for about a week between Christmas and New Year's Eve, however long that is. And um, I was still using and smoking pot and drinking and stuff. And on New Year's Eve morning, this dude, Larry, that was in treatment with me, drove to my parents' house. And I didn't even tell anybody where I lived, really. Knocked on my parents' door and ended up coming into my house and telling me that I was going to help him get ready for a party. And he like I woke up to it, so I didn't have any chance to drink or do anything. And he also didn't tell me that it was a New Year's Eve party that goes until like, seven in the morning the next day so i helped him pick up all these tables and chairs and set up all this party at this church and then stayed for the party and then i went home the next day and i was so tired because it was like seven in the morning i'd been awake for like twenty. was it a sober party yeah it was the it was the treatment center i was having a new year's eve party that i helped set up
0: service work
3: so that was my first day sober and i didn't even you know you you mean to do it it was an accident
0: service work kept you sober
1: (laughs) wow that's That's amazing.
3: And then I just because
0: you had been drinking and smoking even while
3: so because I was in I was in jail for a while and when I got bonded out um, I was in like restricted to my 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 parents' house I couldn't leave unless they said I could I was just like doing whatever if I could get somebody to bring me liquor or some weed or something Mm -hmm. I was just using whatever I could until that first day I realized I didn't I had been I don't know how long since I had gone a day without uh, using. And but, I realized I could.
0: But you were kind of in treatment. You were in... Outpatient?
1: Yeah, it was
3: outpatient. weird. It's like an outpatient treatment. So you
0: didn't want to be doing that?
3: I didn't really want to be doing anything. I was kind of like at the end point, end of a rope point. I didn't really care what I was doing, I don't think. I was just over it. How old were you? 18. You I turned were 18 when you got sober. My birthday is January 3rd, so I turned... 19, like three days after I got sober.
0: It almost sounds like you got sober accidentally.
3: It was totally on accident. None of it was my fault. Um, I did not mean to do it. I did not mean to stay sober (laughs) at all. Uh, He said it was not my fault. Then how the hell do you stay
0: sober? I told
3: someone the other day that when they said that it was really surprising that I had 12 years, I told them that I was surprised that I lasted 12 days because I didn't mean to. Uh I meant to not do any of this stuff.
0: So what happened? Why did you quit You got sober in spite well, of yourself I, how did you quit? I think what that was the deal
3: once I stayed sober for that Inside. one day and I and I realized that I had done it sticking around a bunch of other people that had done the same thing or they for like their first week or their first month or something you know that I didn't realize that that was a, a possibility mm-hmm. so once I did the first day I think I just kind of was like I'm definitely doing this because I was pretty aware of my first step without knowing what it was.
1: So you had no qualms admitting that you had a big fucking problem?
3: Oh, no. I Yeah, I was fucked. I was like definitely into the line. I was like going to go to prison for five years and I don't know. And when I'm 18, that, that meant like going to prison for 10 life sentences. Mm-hmm. So I was just done for. No friends.
0: Mm. Wow.
3: Yeah. And
0: so what happened with that?
3: With the prison? Yeah. So I ended up going for eight months. I got my initial charge was uh, I robbed a a UNCG police officer with a pellet gun.
0: That's a local college.
3: Yeah. And so they charged me with armed robbery, which was a lot of time. And then uh, my parents charged a good lawyer to a credit card probably. And then I got it down to a different charge, common law robbery, which is like armed robbery but without being armed. And then I was... By the time I got locked up, I was sober for a year and two months. So they mitigated it from 10 to 13 months down to 8 to 10 months. So I got off the hook super good.
0: So by being in recovery, that was part of the reason you wanted to get sober. Was like, Oh, I mean, that that like was the this. only
3: reason. When So I was in jail for a little bit more than a month, and my parents bonded me out, and I went and talked to my lawyer, my court-appointed lawyer at the time and he said that the only thing that would be good for me would to be to go to a treatment center and get something on letterhead saying that i uh-huh. this is all foggy recollection uh-huh. i was you know my brain didn't even work back then i was 10 12 years ago so but something about you know i had to go and get something on a letterhead saying or at least that's what my parents told me they had they had schemed all this stuff around me me not being that smart i didn't pick up on it till like you know three years ago or something, but (laughs) Uh I had to go talk to this guy at a treatment center to get something on letterhead to take to court, and then that guy ended up being pretty cool, and he talked me into coming to meetings, and then eventually, the people at the treatment center talked me into starting the outpatient program. Uh Uh-huh.
0: And then this guy doing service work got you into... He kidnapped me. (laughs) He kidnapped you into AA. Yeah. (laughs) So... Did you want to do it at that point? Did it become that you wanted to do a Not the
3: first, not that day, not New Year's Eve I didn't, but I think probably the next day I woke up, I felt like that was like, it just made complete sense that, you know, I thought that I had all these weird thoughts about why I was the way that I was and then meeting people that were like, you're the way that you are because you're sick, and then going from that to being able to stay sober for a day, doing the same thing that all the people said worked, you know, they've been telling me for like a week that that's what they do to stay sober, so. And it worked, and I think that was just like a nail in a coffin. I was like, well, I, you know, I can't do any. I, I can't go the way I was living, and I couldn't uh-huh. do nothing because me doing nothing was being in my folks' house under house arrest. That was the best alternative.
0: What were you doing to stay sober?
3: That, so that, that treatment center that I went to was like uh, specifically for young people's treatment center in Greensboro, and their, like, I think primary focus is on fellowship you know, that if you like can dive as far into fellowship as you can in service, that, you know, that will keep you afloat. And, you know, I don't think that their goal was, well, I won't say that, but I think that, you know, me diving into fellowship and service in that treatment center kept me around enough to where I cleared up enough to be able to work some steps and finally get to the level field of, you know, being able to be a human being instead of like a crazy person. That I was. Even sober for a long time.
1: Okay, can I just say this right quick? Okay, because I've I've known him since I walked in the door. And so if I'm very quiet right now, it's because I've never really heard his story. So I'm just staring at him, (laughs) totally enamored with what he's saying because... You know, I when I when I got here, there was this group of young people and I kind of came in with my ass on my shoulders like I was about to turn 30 and they're all young and I'm all not young. So I'm like, I ain't got shit to, you know, to do with these. But then I was watching them and they were still really cool and they smoked and they cussed and they were staying sober and they were happy. So if I'm not talking, it's because I'm very enamored with what he's saying right now.
0: <laughs> yeah. It's different than you imagined.
1: Yeah. I mean, you know, I've heard all of their stories and it's just, you know, but the one thing I will say that I always hear about him is that you will do anything for anybody. You are service to the hilt, my friend.
3: Yeah. I think that's like, that's had to be like a, like a keynote in my program is that, you know, I can't really turn down being useful uh to whatever. Even a lot of times I, Hate being useful because it's not fun or it's whatever you You'd know. You'd rather
1: but, just take a nap. Yeah,
3: or do anything. But yeah, you know, I think that that's and you know, some one of the things that separated me from a lot of the people that came into aa with me mm-hmm. that aren't around anymore is that you know, I, and you know, trying to be humble while saying this that you know, I I did a lot of stuff that I never wanted to do because people told me like this is the stuff you got to do mm-hmm. in order to like you know, they used to say to me like. People used to always talk about buying insurance for yourself. You know, and the more yeah. you put into it, the more you put yeah. into it, you're buying insurance for yourself to be able to stick around when it gets rough. And it worked super good. Yeah. That's uh, why I stuck around for sure.
1: Service work was drilled into me.
3: I like the idea
0: of, that I heard long ago <clears throat> all these things that I do in AA are things I put between me and a drink. Yeah. And I've got to walk through all those things before mm-hmm. I drink. Yeah. So if I'm making commitments to do service work, if I'm chairing meetings, if I'm sponsoring people, if I'm asked to speak and I make a commitment to do that, uh, then before I drink, I've got to. But I've, you know, I've got mm-hmm. you know one thing that's really important to me is having a home group and um, making a commitment to. Be at the home group unless I'm sick or out of town. Yeah, mm-hmm. because that protects me from going. Well, I just don't feel like a meeting today. I've been sober a long time. I'll be all right. Yeah, I can ride on my insurance. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. rest on yeah
1: your laurels. Yeah, and,
0: and uh, so having that commitment is there, which keeps me from. But it, it's another commitment that's between me and a drink.
3: Yeah, for sure, and it's worked out like that for me too. You know, especially when you're talking about home groups. My home group for a long time was the same meeting for like nine or ten years, and then I started a work schedule that was second shift and it was an eight o'clock meetings, so I couldn't go to it hardly ever. So I kind of switched my, but I switched my home group to a lunch meeting, a twelve ten meeting. And you know, I started school a couple of years ago, and this semester in school, there's a class that I have to take. This semester, in order to for it to fit in my schedule, and the only class that there is the only option for it was an in-person Monday to Friday, one to two o'clock class, mm-hmm. and my home group met Monday through Friday, twelve ten to one o'clock or whatever. So mm-hmm. I've I I keep like you know having to chase around meetings, like feeling like homeless home groupless. And, <laughs> home uh, groupless. and you're so a home person. that's what person, I have man. is
1: is is his he's home groupless <laughs> and um
3: and that kind of stuff you know like in weird times like that it happened when I was locked up you know I a lot of the stuff that I got used to when I was had the first like year and two months sober all got taken away when I was locked up and I had to figure out how to like you know mold what I'm doing to fill in the spots of the stuff that I'm not able to get like home groups a cell phone to call people whenever I want and you know what did you do um a lot of a lot of it just kind of turned into spending time with a higher power type stuff i think that that's what when i was locked up you know Mm -hmm. now outside it looks a lot different it's a lot easier to just you know sponsor people and keep in with them and try to be helpful to people and make it to meetings that i can go to kind of regularly to be able to see people i know and still show up to be useful and stuff but it always looks a little bit different no matter what weird, weird circumstance i put myself in so tell
0: me about the steps, working the steps. What what was your experience working the steps as you went through them the first time? So Particularly any one of them that were hard and, and yeah. your thinking has changed on it. Were the steps hard for you at all? Oh, no, I did, yeah. all, I did them all in an hour. <laughs> no, they, they really, were easy. Never did them again. Like I wanted hours. to do all of
3: them. <laughs> um, so when I first, and I think I was talking about this kind of, when I, the, the place that I was in, the steps in that, you know, like the recovery part of the triangle was kind of like a back burner to service and unity. You know, it wasn't a lot of focus on those. And then when the focus came around to them, you know, I, I had spent so little time working on being honest and working on, you know, trying to be a part of the group instead of just my own individual you know what i can get for myself that um when i so i you know i worked the first three steps of my sponsor who was a person who i was in treatment with who transitioned into aa so we were working them out of the out of the big book eventually because that treatment center kind of wrote their own steps and it was a weird thing so when i actually got to the 12 steps the way that i were the 12 steps that i know now i did my first three steps and i looked at the fourth step i knew there was just no way that i could let somebody really know who i was so i didn't i mean i i wrote an inventory but it was some make-believe person's inventory what you know I, i i left i put on like some small stuff about myself and left off all the major stuff and then i added some major stuff that never happened to try to compensate and it was this super weird thing and i did my inventory and you know tried to keep going in the steps but i you know like mentally or spiritually i never progressed past you know, what yeah. I know now you get from an inventory and then, you know, I made it a, and then I, I ended up waiting. I had all these weird stipulations like, you know, if I, if this girl will go off me, I'm going to do that inventory. If, if I can get out of going to prison, I'm going to do that inventory and all this stuff. And then I ended up getting to prison and still stuck it out for a couple months telling the people in the meetings in prison that I had, you know, been working on the steps and sponsoring these people. And I lasted a couple months until I finally broke down and. Uh, and that's kind of a long story, but tried to get high and I couldn't, and tr- wanted to kill myself, but I couldn't. So I ended up calling. That's a, a total breakdown. Yeah. So, um, and it was it was crazy. You know, like it, in prison, it's it's not hard to get drugs. It's easier to get drugs. And so there was a day where I decided that I was so full of shit that I couldn't I couldn't do none of this anymore. And I, I knew this guy had some some pills that I used to like a lot. So I so I went to go get him. And in the middle of the day, like a not rainy day, nothing was weird. And they closed the yard as I was walking over to this guy's dorm, which was, I'm, I'm sure it was something administrative. It wasn't like, you know, Jesus Christ touched the close the yard button or <laughs> nothing, but, yeah. but it was just happened to be exactly when I was going to get high. So I went back to my dorm and I was thinking about killing myself, but we were all locked in the dorm and I, there, there's no way they would have let me actually get through with killing myself. So I would have just gotten in trouble and got put in a thing. So I ended up getting out my, um, as Bill sees it, I had to ads Bill sees it. And I and I opened and there was this one page. It's in the 20s somewhere, maybe 17. I can't remember. This talks about honesty and you know you can be honest with God, but you can't be honest with other people. And that was like my whole thing. So I ended up my bunkmate uh, below me was in AA. I talked to him and he told me to call my sponsor on the phone. And I sat down and um, you know, me and my sponsor on three because you get 10 minute phone calls. So three phone calls. We were the first three. We talked about the first three steps and we prayed. And then I went. And that was on a Friday. And then by Monday, I had my inventory written.
1: You're full honest. Yeah, the honest. real, wow. real
3: deal. And so that was that. That was my experience with the steps. I think was you know trying to figure out how to do it my way, and then running my head into that wall for like a year or a year and a half, and then getting broken enough to where I got willing to like actually try it.
0: Yeah, it's we got to get broken to get to the place sure. to get the willingness to absolutely be honest about everything it's too bad it's got to be so painful it's not easy to be honest i mean i spent my whole drinking career minimizing and and mm-hmm. li- and lying about what was really going on to sure. myself and to others mm-hmm. yeah
1: we're really good at i think lying to ourselves more than anybody and that's, I mean,
0: that's the part that's got to give up. That's what's terrifying give up. is
1: that, you know, we're fine, we're fine, we're fine, we're that's fine. That's what scares me in so, yeah. in
0: long-term sobriety is mm-hmm. to to be sure I'm not lying to myself about th- my thinking and what I'm doing. You know, mm-hmm. because I've seen people go out in long-term sobriety and yeah, and they think that they're have okay. a, a relationship with God. They think that they're working the steps mm-hmm. and... I mean, not always, but sometimes they do. And like, how do you, how can you be sure? So, yeah, it's crucial.
3: You know, I I I think when I was using and when I first got sober, I like told myself this narrative of you know I might be miserable, but I'm not getting locked up. I'm not doing this or that or third. And and like you know, I'm fine being miserable and staying like even slate, Everything's okay on the outside, you know. And, um, and that's what didn't end up working out when I ended up working the steps and I can do the same thing now to where, you know, I can be like, you know, I, I go to some meetings. I got people that call me, that call me their sponsor. I work in a place where I get to meet new people and that's good enough. You know, I'm, I'm okay doing this stuff and I'm okay Mm -hmm. just being, you know, stagnant in this spot. And that's going to be fine for me for another 10 years. And <laughs> Cause it it's yeah. <laughs> because it's better. Because it's better than having to work
0: hard. That's kind uh-huh. of screwed up thinking. <laughs> yeah, it's well, up. But
1: it's, but it's, but it's, it's. It's understandable.
0: Oh, God,
1: yes. <laughs> I mean, I, you know, I did that shit not a few years ago. Whenever this started, I was going to, you know, say before, like when I did, when I was sitting where Josh was sitting, you would never have known that I was suicidal, <laughs> I mean, I was completely so far gone because I was just, as long as I maintain well. So I had a sponsor. I was sponsoring women. I had a home group. Yada, yada, yada. I was reading my, uh, what do we call, what are you call you Doing
0: your daily meditation. Doing my
1: daily meditations, you know. <laughs>
0: yeah.
1: I wasn't doing gratitude. I wasn't doing any of that. But it, it, if I could just maintain well, and I wasn't moving spiritually, I wasn't doing anything spiritually, but I was lying so well to myself. Uh-huh it took that pain and it took me almost taking myself out of this world to really get honest with myself and my sponsor who already knew and my friends who already knew everybody already knew before it got better. And that's scary shit to get to in sobriety. You know, that's, that's probably the scariest time I've ever had in sobriety. And I think since that, that I was six, seven years sober, my sobriety has actually never been better since then. You know, Mm -hmm. because, and not just because I, I share my gratitude with you every day, (laughs) sometimes twice a day, but you know, it's honestly bringing that into it, bringing gratitude into it. I've seen so many things lately where they're talking about, you know, changing the pathways in your brain. And I, you know, don't know my ass from a hole in the ground, so I'm not going to talk about neurons, but you know, there's something about that, you know, checking that every day. Gratitude is, you know, fucking a, like. Before I got here, I was in my house cleaning out my kitchen cabinets, you know, because I have too much shit. And I could have looked at this two ways. I could have been <laughs> bitching up a storm because I have a whole bunch of shit. And now my house is a mess and I have to clean this shit up because my husband's not here and blah, 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 blah. Or I could have stepped back and look at, look at all this shit I have. I didn't have hardly shit whenever I got sober. It's just looking at it.
0: I don't know how, how it works chemically, but I know how it works in that it. I'm training myself mm-hmm. to during the day to look at the things that I'm grateful for instead of my natural default, which is everything during shit. the day <laughs> to look at everything that's wrong. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And Everything's wrong. that's as natural as can be for me. So that's more and natural I'm than like anything. doing a gratitude list on a regular basis, mm-hmm. different every day. And beyond that, a gratitude prayer mm-hmm. because I'm also asking for help. Mm-hmm. And being grateful to something outside of myself. My sponsor said, I had a hard time with God. My sponsor said, Don, there is a God and you're not it. That's all you need to Mm -hmm. know. You don't have to believe anything else. Just you are not it. Yeah. But
1: continuing to add, my my whole point in that was continuing to add to my sobriety because doing just enough eventually for me is not enough. You know, so doing just enough to kinda keep my head above water, it doesn't take long before I sink. Yeah. And that's what I've learned is my sobriety cannot stay the same. Yeah, it's the, not going to the
3: analogy of the dude pushing a rock up a hill is the dude trying to stay sober and there's not like a stop. you either mm-hmm. that that's always been pretty true for me, that there's not like a stay still and that thing that I tell myself about like I'm comfortable here, it doesn't work because I, I, I can't just hold a rock up a hill. I have to be going or... Yeah, just sliding. stand there. Yeah. <laughs>
1: and suddenly you're sliding back down the hill with a rock on top of Stop. you. I
0: like that. Well, you could... There's a book called Drop the Rock. And yeah. In that case, you it's just, the just the move out of the, the fucking rock. way of yeah. the rock and yeah. let it roll down that's the hill. Too. Yeah. That's,
1: that is a book that takes forever to read. I've been reading it with my sponsee for a year. Yeah. It's intense. because it's a lot of shit and it's not something you can be like, dah, 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 dah. it's like you read a sentence and then you're talking about my it for a month. And I have been
3: Going through it for probably a year or two. Yeah,
1: it's so we're not even to seven yet. We're yeah. still going through six. And that's for for anyone who does six and seven and thinks it's one line. Yeah, it's
0: that Drop the Rock is uh, about six. Six We're entirely ready to have God remove all these defects of character. And some seven humbly ask him to remove our shortcomings. And there's a a whole lot to really wanting my shortcomings to be removed. Yeah. That's what the hard part is. For
3: sure. (laughs) Because they work. It sticks, yeah. Yeah. I love them.
1: I I mean, I didn't understand that the first few years that people would say that. And it's like, well, absolutely, I would you know, I would want my shortcomings to be removed. And I cannot remember who said it to me. It's like, well, really? Because you're holding on to them awful tight. And I'm thinking, I don't yeah, know how point. to answer that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But some of Pride these things, feels good. Pride feels good. Some of them have been, you know, ways to survive. self feels good. Self-righteous yeah, anger so is delicious. My yeah. character defects
3: are so comfortable. Yeah. It's hard yeah. to be uncomfortable.
1: It's hard to be uncomfortable until suddenly it's uncomfortable the defects themselves, but beca- like anger. Yeah. Oh God. I Anger. It's just like, a, it used to be a warm blanket. I knew how to react with anger. I know how to do anger, but when suddenly the anger feels shitty, it feels icky. That's a scary place to come to when it's always just been mm-hmm. what I know.
3: What
0: about you with
3: Joshua? With character defects. Yeah. Do
1: you have any? No,
3: they're all gone. <laughs> God took all of them.
1: Good for you. <laughs> um,
3: yeah, I don't know. Like I was saying, it, it feels so comfortable, you know, and I think that the the thing that kind of awakened me to the fact that I had never actually given six and seven a, 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 the time that it deserved was that, you know, I, I really didn't care in my head about character defects and take them or leave them. I don't care. You know, just let me just let me live my life. And then when I start doing some inventories and start having the same relationships in the same way, and start having the same problems show up time and time again in different jobs and different whatever with my family over and over. But, you know, and then it, I think that's what starts to get uncomfortable for me is realizing that, you know, I'm comfortable with my character defects, but I'm uncomfortable putting myself into the same hole every other year. Same results. every six months. <laughs> yeah. And having to climb out of and, and, you know, ruining relationships with people, you know, just making everything harder on myself. And, and a lot of times it's not even that I'm living out of my character defects, but it's that I'm trying to depend on myself to get rid of my own character defects, (laughs) which has never worked for me. You know, I, I think, I think it was a Joe and Charlie tape. They talk about, you know, the, the best action behind like a seven step is practicing the opposite thing. Mm -hmm. I think it was step seven. And that's, you know, the best thing I've come up with too, is like the best way that I know how to get out of my character defects is to try to practice the opposite when I know it's coming. And the other way is, you know, that it's not up to me to remove those that's a that's a higher power issue and if I could have removed him, I would have done it day one you know so what are you doing now
0: with the staying sober now? how are you staying sober now?
3: I sponsor some people I still go to meetings I have like a couple people i I don't know this this probably sounds super odd but i i I kind of can find people that are like projects people that are like just going through it and not willing and see if I can just be there for them and be loving enough and Maybe I'll be there when something some light turns on or maybe it turns on later and you know they remember and and that's happened a couple of times one of the guys that I'm sponsoring now is a guy that I was in treatment with that had a couple more years than I did and then went out and you know maybe eight years ago or something and you know I tried to stay nice and be pleasant to this guy and mm-hmm. be loving the whole time and he comes back and you know after you leave for a decade or something you don't know anybody but I was there and he remembered me fondly and you know I think that the more I focus on stuff like that, I can really put myself in. I, I think a lot about my job being to be in the place where I can be of maximum usefulness and, I, and and trying to figure out how that looks in a bunch of different ways. So I think that's that's one big thing that I've tried to do is just trying to figure out how that looks in weird different areas of my life that I wouldn't necessarily even think has to do anything with you know, what I'm doing to stay sober or anything like that. Um, like what? Work? How's that working? Well, how does that I work at a treatment at center. Uh-huh. So, um.
0: Oh, yeah. That's. He works easy. with my
1: husband. Be I work nice with to him. her Bless husband.
3: Be nice heart. to me. So. Bless his heart. Um. So, Why do I do I
0: do I need uh, to worry about not being nice? Oh,
1: if he just works with my husband, so
0: he. Are the two extra of you going to jump me later? Yeah. What is this? It's no, like, yeah, that's he, a threat. The people that no, work it's, with
3: it's me, not <laughs> a threat. It's myself <laughs> included. We need a little bit of extra love and care. Yeah, I, I, just, where, where they, they work, out. they all
1: need a little extra love and support. <laughs> just a little. Nuts it's not out. you know, it's not an easy. My,
0: my, no, that's not easy, and I've talked to other people who've worked at treatment centers, and there is a conflict. Of a type between is the service work yeah, that I do at work. Is that still service work? Because I've had I've, I've heard of people who have problems because they're doing they're thinking that their uh, program they've got they got it covered because they're talking AA all day at work, so they just don't yeah. go to meetings and all. Because that's, that's a, all a real they do. thing.
3: Like you know, I I went for um, like seven years or however long I was sober before I worked there, trying to figure out how to get myself around. 50 new people all at once Uh (laughs) and then all of a sudden I got a job doing it but it's not in you know I'm not there in the and as a member of AA I'm there as a member of me trying to get myself paid and so it's a lot different like that's another weird thing is trying to figure out you know how to treat people and set boundaries and stuff outside of the way that I treat new people the same people but because I have to, you know, interact with them in like a professional business environment, and I can't, you know, I like I, I it's a rule that I can't go and try to sponsor somebody, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and I can't even I, I and I don't even try to approach anything close to that, you know. I try to facilitate them and the help that they need as a to get a as a patient mm-hmm. in, while they're in the hospital that I work oh. in. You know what I mean? And and that and that and that looks like a lot of stuff in AA, you know, giving people experience that I've had about things that go on and stuff like that but it's a lot different than the way I can tell my sponsee like dude you're just blowing it like you're blowing it yeah you're off the charts like what are you doing and at work I have to you know try to take what people's crisis is or whatever they're going through and put them into a new light so that they can go and figure that stuff out with their counselor or with their sponsor or their friends and treatment or whatever you know I'm not really the person to bring that stuff up. It looks a whole lot different. That, like, what do I do to stay sober at work? Has very little to do with AA, and it has a lot to do with you know trying to practice ethics. I think. Yeah. But you can.
0: But you. But you started off all that by saying that you were the way we got here was you started off saying that the you're trying to be open at work as well. Yeah. To be helpful as possible. So it does happen. I mean, I.
3: For sure. I mean, for sure, when, you know, especially me being a person who is already has stayed sober for a little bit around, you know, 40 or 50 or 60 people who are in their first 30 or 90 days, there's unlimited ways for me to be helpful to somebody as a newcomer. Uh And, you know, it it doesn't look like the same way I am helpful to my sponsees or the same way I'm helpful to a person that walks in their meeting for the first day. But there's an unlimited way, number of ways to be helpful to people who are you know, having the worst month of their life or something like that. Mm. Yeah. And then... Uh, yeah, it's a, yeah,
0: it's a little easier. I've, I, So I'm a painter. Yeah. And I do murals and things like that. And I was doing a job. And the client was uh, a lady who's I think she was like in her late 60s. And she wanted a mural of a Vincent van Gogh scene painted on a big wall that she had in the living room. And I went in and the place was, I don't know, it was a little... It was a little bit dingy, oh. uh, and I was thinking, oh, well, you know, people are old, and uh, well, she said she had to run out
2: mm-hmm.
0: while, as I was starting to paint, uh, the, maybe the second day I was there, and she said, my husband is in hospice, and he's in the back room, and he's dying and with hospice, and they're coming and treating him. Mm-hmm. And he's okay. He's gonna be okay, but I was wondering if I can run out for fifteen minutes to get something at the drugstore and come back. And so if there's if he were to call you or anything like that, could you call me on my cell phone? Yeah. I was going, Well, yeah, I can do that. And I was going, I didn't know that, that your husband was dying. And she said, Yeah. Actually, the reason I hired you to do this is because I at this time I knew this was gonna be a a few months so there's going to be it's going to be all death and and loss here and I was just thinking I wanted to have some creativity in the house and I thought oh this <laughs> yeah. is what I'm here to do yeah. is yeah. to is to bring some creativity and life into a house to help these people mm-hmm. and it's like so what am i doing with my life what am i doing <laughs> with my work and it's not about making money yeah it's like taking so that's like taking a more spiritual approach to it
3: yeah
0: uh it's kind of harder to see that as a house painter than yeah. it, than it is like working at a treatment center yeah when,
3: and working at a treatment center is a weird fine line between you know there's people that i work with and i've dabbled in it You know, thinking like, well, I go to four meetings at work, taking driving this van, and I'm talking to newcomers every day. So I don't want to do that stuff when I get home. And I think that's that's where it helps to have the line between like, you know, when I'm at work, I can help people in these regards, but it doesn't have anything to do with, you know, my goal being for somebody to stay sober to help them get there. My goal is to help them, you know, be facilitated while they're in treatment.
0: So what's your AA routine outside of work? Like a day, like a daily um, routine, a okay. uh your, a week. A week. What do you do to stay sober in the week? Because you must have it figured you're
3: busy. out. <laughs> I, I actually have zero percent of it figured out. I'm trying. I'm doing the whole new thing with school and working both mm-hmm. full time. Oh, you're yeah. You've and, added school in and them. trying to figure that out with meetings mm-hmm. and you know keeping up with you know just people, just mm-hmm. keeping people around me and and trying to stay involved outside of my brain. Maining, maintaining
0: friendships
3: and yeah, such, you so mean? so I'm actually like, you know, that it feels like I've been doing that for like a year, and it feels like a whole different ballpark of like things that I have to learn and and what I have to do to be able to keep at this at a level to where, you know, I can mm-hmm. wake up and I'm not worried about drinking or I'm not worried about if I'm going to make it through a day, I can wake up and, you know, go through the day in a positive note and try to, be helpful to people, get what I need out of a day, and like go to sleep without causing harm to people. It it looks a lot different than it did when I was you know finishing furniture a couple of years ago in the morning and had all night to go to meetings and diners and all mm-hmm. that stuff. And yeah,
1: that's a whole different ball game. Yeah,
3: but I, so do you have like one meeting
0: a week you go to? No, two I, meetings. So a
3: week? I, I go to a couple of meetings a week. I try to go to. There's one meeting every week I, I try to go to on Fridays you know, Uh without it, without missing it. And if, and if I miss it, it's because I'm with family or something. And then my schedule, I work nine days and then I'm off for five days. So I can fit in, I can jam meetings into my off days, which is what I usually do. Mm -hmm. You know, I think I was at a meeting yesterday. I'll be at one tonight. And then, you know, Friday, I don't remember what I was doing Friday, but it wasn't at a meeting.
1: (laughs) I don't remember what I was doing. Depending on what day today is. I think today today is Sunday. Today is Sunday. Yeah. So, but it's balanced.
0: Okay, friends. so there's just the balance. meetings. Do you do a morning meditation?
3: I meditate i I meditate in the morning. I don't I don't use literature for it. I try to give myself some space to be calm in the morning and you know kind of think about what I got to do for the day and how I want to approach that stuff. And that's kind of it can that can change a lot cuz it has been so long since I've tried to do that off of like a sheet of paper that it kind of changes in molds just depending on I don't know, my mental health, I think probably. Mm-hmm. And then um You know, I I, I, I try to keep 10 and 11 and 12 through the day and focus on that stuff, and that usually is pretty beneficial because that's 10, 11, and 12. You can kind of hit the whole gamut of everything. Mm -hmm.
2: Yeah.
0: Continue to take personal inventory when we're wrong promptly. Admit it. It's all through prayer and meditation. Improve our conscious contact with God and having a spiritual awakening uh, carry this message to other alcoholics. Yeah. 10, 11, 12.
3: So... Yeah, I think that you know, if I can pull all those three in, and I think I don't know if this is uh, specific to me, but a lot of the ways that I interact with my higher powers through interacting with people, and you know, so that that has a big part of me not being able to sit at my house. You know, I I, I buy an uh, Xbox every like year, and then I sell it in a month because it feels so <laughs> stupid. It feels like such a waste <laughs> of time sitting there playing by myself doing nothing when I could be out. Learning, doing stuff with people, mm-hmm. and not not that I love learning and being around people, but right. it's just you that's know, what you
0: need. I've, it's actual life
3: instead yeah. of a waste, yeah. like, like a yeah. escape. For sure. Yeah, yeah. So I know I've, I spend time with games, so I, I I go through that every once in a while. I don't know. It just it always looks different, but I think the the thing that I that I've done every day since I've been sober, you know, minus the times when I've totally just fallen off the rails has been you know, to wake up and try to center myself and go throughout my day and try to be useful to people. And a lot of times that looks like showing up in a meeting and trying mm-hmm. to either share in a meeting when I think that a lot of times it's everybody in here doesn't know what the fuck they're talking about. I'm going to say my piece. Or a lot of times it's like, you know, this guy <laughs> doesn't know what the fuck he's doing. Let me right. help him out. And I can twist it in weird, selfish ways. But on a good day, you know, it, it looks like me just showing up and being useful however I can be yeah. useful, which isn't usually decided by me. On a good day.
1: Yeah, it's not always, you know, carrying 30 or 40 people a day to a meeting, which is always, anytime I used to think of service work long, long time ago, was always just this huge ordeal of like, I need to be sponsoring five people and taking phone calls every hour and taking women to meetings all the time, every day, all day, and da da da. And just, I couldn't possibly do all of that. Yeah. You know, and especially like,
0: Service work can be sharing
1: service, in a meeting. Yeah, that's... In, when
3: the meeting's silent, exactly. they need somebody to share. Yeah. Service work <laughs> sharing can be your experience. so many
1: different things, thank God.
3: And it's, you know, and I think that I've found out that doing that kind of stuff, sponsoring as many people as I can and staying available 24 hours a day to those mm-hmm. people and breaking my back to give them what they need, um, You know, I, I think I've been able to find out that I'm also useful in a bunch of other ways, in AA, mm-hmm. and a lot of it looks like general service and stuff like that. And the more that I do that stuff, the way less useful I can be in every other area—not mm-hmm. not just like my school, my relationships, my mental health—but like you know, the more I'm devoting my entire life to eight different people that are trying to work the steps, the less that I can be helpful to a group or to the whole or anything like that, you know? Yeah. And I really love general service. I, I I've always tried. I, I had a job that just ended, and I had to go. Um, I had to. I had a job lined up before it ended that would start. When it ended, just because I didn't know what I was going to do without having a service job, uh-huh. you know. So I think I guess that's another thing that it looks like a part of my weekly or monthly or whatever recovery. What's the service job? Right now, I am the outreach chair for a young people's committee called PDPA, uh-huh. which is like a service committee. Um, they throw events. They 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 take meetings in the treatment centers and stuff like that. So. I'm the outreach chair for that because, you know, the WIPA the or young people in AA community, especially in North Carolina, is really strong and, and it can be really interconnected when people try to make it that way. So mm-hmm. I think that's kind of my job now is to outreach to those service committees, outreach in the community to let people know what's going on. I don't necessarily do a great job at it, but that's my new job.
0: Yeah. Well, yeah. that's great. Yeah. I'm GSR for my home group. It's yeah. not something I like doing, but it's- yeah. It's time I try for me to make to do sure
1: it. we have coffee on Mondays, and I've been failing miserably at that the <laughs> yeah. last month. But that's okay; we have an alternate.
3: I was the um, the chairperson for the website for the district for a couple of years, and I love that. I just rotated off of that, um, but I love general service jobs, mm-hmm. even if they're small, like little service committees specific to one little demographic, or you know, working for a district. And you know, I, I I've always wanted to put myself in a position where I can go work for the area or something, you know, so. I love, I love that general service, though. Well, it really floats my boat. That's, that's great. Awesome.
0: Thanks for being here today. We've got another segment coming up, so don't go anywhere. And you have an opportunity to interact uh-huh. with an owl. Oh.
1: It's time for our old-timers question.
0: Are you looking at me? Who you calling an old-timer?
1: Yes, I'm looking at you. That's what happens if you don't drink and you don't die.
0: Well, no matter how long you've been sober, it's still one day at a time, missy.
1: You can post a question for us on boiledoutaa.org. And our old timers question today is pretty deep. So I'm going to give you two um, time to dig into it. So is AA, big word coming up disingenuous use that in your Scrabble game regarding religion and in other words so do you think that AA might play down the religious aspect in order to attract people you know it's more of a spiritual program but then you get in and they talk about God a lot we meet in churches and do all this so like how do you feel about that whenever people first get here being afraid of God, and suddenly it's like God everywhere.
0: That's exactly uh, what happened to me when I came in. It's like, okay, I know what this is. This is a it's a cult, a religious cult <laughs> scam. And I, you know, a long time ago, there was a television preacher, the PTL Club. That was Jim Baker. Was his <gasps> name? Jim and, and Tammy
1: Faye. Jim
0: and Tammy Faye, and they would uh, pray and cry on television. And they had a theme and park, and always they got a theme park, oh. and they um, asked for money.
1: And went right until <laughs> they went to the prison. Time.
0: Yeah, right up <laughs> they to went prison. Right up,
1: to, they right up prison. until they went to prison. Nice.
0: And. I came to AA and was going. Okay, I know what this is. They're, you know, they, get your hands out of my wallet. I know what you're going to. And I didn't trust AA at all.
1: Hang on, you didn't put a dollar in the basket at first, did you? <laughs> no. Were you afraid it was going to? <laughs> yeah, like I'm not going to support
0: your cult. <laughs> yeah. And you know, it's like mm, God's all in the steps. Uh, mention of God in the steps, and I didn't want anything to do with that. And the meetings were in churches, and okay, so what's the deal here? And it, I had no idea that the meetings are in the churches because churches do service work and don't charge very much rent yeah. <laughs> or some, sometimes none at all, and that's why they're there. So it was like it's going to be a bait and switch. That's Mm -hmm. what it felt like. It's going to be a bait and switch. You're Mm -hmm. going to get me into this thing, and then you're going to get me. (laughs) But the difference between AA and religion is AA is a spiritual program, not a religious program. You can choose your own conception of God. You don't have to sign on to some way of believing in what a higher power is. All AA asks you to do is accept that there is a power greater than you mm-hmm. and ask for help from that power. And if you do that, you've done the whole God thing. And then what happens is over a period of time, people end up feeling this to be real because what happened to me is I asked for help and I got help and I stayed sober. And Then I was sober like three weeks I'd never been sober for three weeks. And I'm sober three months. What's going on here? Mm
2: -hmm.
0: And ultimately, I began allowing that all the the good things that were happening to me were happening to me because of my higher power. That had to be a real decision I made to go, okay, I'm going to allow that this isn't luck. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because everything was luck with me before. I'm going to allow that it's my higher power. And I did... And the more I did that, the more better things happen. And I've, I don't, you know, I've been through all kinds of terrible things and been able to go through them with the equanimity. Word. Equanimity. That's equanimity. Don't know what it means. <laughs> <laughs> I've been able to go Long. through it with some measure of um, serenity, yeah. and um, to be able to deal with uh, difficult situations in a calm, calmer than I used to be. Way and it's so it's a it's a way to live that works. It's and and I had to get sober somebody else's way. I had to do something different. And everybody was talking about, okay, you pray and ask God for help, and you'll get help. Joshua, you were talking about being in such pain. That I got into so much emotional pain. It was either give up or get drunk. Yeah. It was one Sunday afternoon that I completely gave up. It was on the porch. I remember it well. Mm-hmm. It was like I got to get out of this. I can't stand it another second. I was like a week sober and I hadn't had a drink now for all this time, and I was shaking and I felt like I was going to explode and so I asked God for help. I, the, the God that I didn't believe in, I asked the nothing for help but everybody in aa said that that's what you need to do and i did it and i got through that afternoon and like i said then it was a week then it was three weeks then it's three months And it's like how's this working it's working because so it's not disingenuous it works it's not a trick Ugh. to get you in here yeah it's not a trick what's your thoughts on it joshua
3: it's a weird thing I think that it's hard. It's hard to talk about that, Mm -hmm. especially living in the South Mm -hmm. that, you know, so many people, you know, promote their higher power as being something religious, which is fine for them to do that, you know, and then, you know, coming from a place to where religion wasn't really a thought at all to, Mm -hmm. you know, seeing people tell you, you can choose whatever God you want to choose. It doesn't have anything to do with religion and then closing the meeting with the Lord's prayer. Mm -hmm. It's a real confusing thing. It's, it's
0: understandably confusing. Yeah, yeah, for sure.
3: I mean, I think that it's it's hard to read the book and read the steps and be in meetings and listen to some of the closing prayers and stuff and not wonder how how many of these people are are actually like trying to convert me over to their religion mm-hmm. without knowing, you know, as a newcomer without knowing what the hell's going on. And, you know, I think that it takes a long and which some people don't give it any time because of that. But I think it takes some time, like you were talking about, to realize, like, it doesn't really matter what the fuck's going on. I need help. And, you know, whatever these people are talking about can help me, which is what, you know, my experience was that I didn't care if it was, you know, I had to drink a thousand sodas a day. If somebody told me it was going to help, I was willing to try it. And, And, you know, luckily somebody approached me with a spiritual solution instead of sodas. (laughs) <laughs> and, and it and it, it works really well for me And it still does work for me And it, you know I, I think that my recovery Has so so little to do with religion I almost forgot the word Just because it, it has so little to do with religion That it, it doesn't even really cross my mind much mm-hmm. Until I talk to a new person That's like Where the hell did you just take me to? And I thought like, Oh yeah well You know And <laughs> and, and, and it makes sense Because you know I think I, I used to hang out with some old timers Old people That Talked a lot about the history of AA and stuff, and where a lot of this stuff came from, and a lot of it's from religion. Uh-huh. You know, a lot, a lot, of it is just straight out of something religious. The founders were yeah, very religious, yeah, for sure. That. So it makes a lot of sense that, you know, for two dudes who figured out what worked for them, it sounds really religious. Uh-huh. And you know, and I think that that can be good to explain to myself sometimes, is that it doesn't have to look like, you know, what anything that's written down yeah. can look like. It can look like whatever. It can look like I don't have a clue what, which is usually what mine looks like. I was just thinking about that earlier today, I think. I was just thinking like, you know, I don't even have a clue what I'm praying to. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it looks like or what, you know, I know what it feels like, I guess. Yeah. So. I
1: know what it feels like. That's a good way to put it.
0: I know the
3: results. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I know. I know what happens is I ended up staying sober for 12 years by accident, you know. <laughs> but um, I don't know it, that that. That's a weird thing. I think there's so many different ways. That, I like the way you say, say that, that by question. accident.
0: And actually, it's not by accident. In no. spite or, of yourself, you it's know. actually
3: what of you've coo- been doing. Of course, it was. It took a lot of people, a lot of people's work to get me here, and a lot of people's work and a lot of work on my part to stay here. You know, none of it's accident. Mm-hmm. But it's it's mm-hmm. just you know I, I wouldn't have chosen this. Twelve years ago, had I known, I would have said no, 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 that's not for me. Mm-hmm. It, you know, if I could have twelve years ago looked at myself now, I'd be like, nah, I'm not doing that
1: yeah <laughs> oh yeah I
3: got you <laughs>
1: so, oh yeah i'm 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 one of the lame people that I used to look at, like, oh God, and I probably would people. have
3: put it off on somewhere like nah, he's religious now he's yeah. I don't want to be like he's that got religion, so just out of the misconception of what the hell's going on, you know, mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Hmm.
3: what about you?
1: I think I'm right there with Josh. I don't really remember in those very beginnings. Hours and minutes of of giving a ton of thought to the religious aspect of it, you know, just
0: you didn't struggle against it.
1: I don't think I struggled against it. I just you don't just think I it. cared. I, I, yeah, I, yeah, I don't think I cared, which is weird because on any given day, depending on the day you ask me, I either didn't care about God or I had a lot of anger towards God, but. I don't know. It's not foggy, but in some respects it is foggy. I just don't think I cared. I think that the women who kind of grabbed me up, well, number one, no one, I, I didn't walk into AA and see a room full of church people, which was good. I yeah, saw, you know, a, yeah. a, a ton of people smoking and cursing and, and had stories, you know, even worse than mine. So that right there lent it to, I. I'm not in a Baptist church. I might be sitting in a Baptist church, but these <laughs> right, aren't Baptist people. different there. Something different about these people. <laughs> you know and a lot of the things they were telling me just didn't sound religious you know they could have talked about God but it just didn't sound religious to me and it never really has but I, I love the you know the we we say all this and then we say the Lord's Prayer at the end and I've heard people you know say the Lord's Prayer the prayer of your choice or you be da. Mm-hmm. and I'm just some every now and then I'll like open an eye and see who's not saying anything because I'll be honest there have been some days in sobriety where I've stood there you know just in revolt like I'm not fucking saying this prayer you know just because either I was mad at something or someone or all of it or just whatever you know for me my spiritual life has just changed and evolved and changed and evolved as it should because I've changed and evolved and changed and evolved and it's not going to stay the same and I think that's something that spirituality allows me to do is change you know like there are certain religions Continue where to, it is written and it has not changed. Yeah. There is a book that has never been changed since it was written. Whereas my my spirituality—I almost said my sexuality, <laughs> my sexuality <laughs> It's very fluid. It is fluid. That's, that's, that's true too. <laughs> my my spiritual—I mean, it all has, you know, has has changed. Mm-hmm. And and A has always A has allowed me that it has. I say allowed me. And that it has encouraged that. You know, it's never been like, this is bad. It's always been like, no, yes, it's change, supposed to child, do. move, Continue you Continue know, to
0: improve yeah. and evolve. I can't remember the quote exactly. Yeah. Our spiritual just, existence. Just grow it. with it and yeah. go with it. And that, mm-hmm. that
1: I've never been told otherwise. So I think that's part of the, just part of it. Continue
0: to expand and enlarge on our exp- yeah our spiritual life. is yeah. what we need to do to Stay yeah. sober.
1: So, when I was first sober the first year, I was, you know, Googling everything AA and sober related under the sun. And I do remember seeing like, some article or something discussing, is AA a cult? Mm-hmm. And I think one of the reasons they gave for it not being a cult because it actually benefited people yeah. <laughs> <laughs> was, you know, I guess the definition of cults are like they ask stuff of you and they don't really do anything for you. And the fact that AA actually it helps it actually people, the they world. wouldn't yeah. term it a cult.
0: I was <laughs> like, like worried about well, was, AA, this is like, like brain country. Country. this is like brainwashing. This is like brainwashing and it's like, Yes, and yeah. you need your brain washed. Yeah, which oh I my did. God. I mean, I, yeah, <laughs> yeah. That my is thinking the truth. was was really dirty. Yeah, every
1: single one of us needed a good brainwashing, but not to the point where we we're moving out to Montana.
0: I just got gotta say though, you know, I tried the soda solution. Yeah, of oh, drinking a bunch of sodas. I d- I went to a party. It's like okay, I'm not going to drink at this party, and I took a six pack of Dr Pepper. Now I can drink. 20 beers with no problems. That fifth Dr. Pepper is, is
3: really yeah. bad. Yeah. It's thick. It's gross.
0: It's thick. <laughs>
3: it's, it's not beer. I mean, I, I, I don't feel like work. it's
1: as popular as it used to be, or maybe I'm just not around the same people, but I drank my weight in Red Bull that first two months sober. I mean, I used to go to the candlelight meeting yeah. on Saturday nights well, after cl- drinking a 20 ounce of Red Bull at 10 yeah. o'clock at night. Yeah. You don't catch me out after nine now. Well, that's I'm in true. bed. <laughs> Things change.
0: But I can drink a, I can drink a handsome quantity of
3: coffee.
1: I can do that. That has never <laughs> changed. That is, no. I'm kind of
3: weird. All. I think Red Bull is poison. I don't like the way coffee tastes. I quit oh, yeah, drinking soda because drink it was rotting out my teeth. So yeah. I just drink water. I I drank a ton of water. this wasn't water. This was tea, but...
1: Okay, well, tea, but we're also in the South. Yeah. So, (laughs) tea 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 and water. Tea equals water. I agree with you on the Red Bull and stuff. I actually had a woman at the grocery store tell me and my husband one time we were buying it, and she bagged it up, and she looked at us dead serious, and she goes, you know, this is killing your generation. (laughs) And I just looked at her like... Well, probably. I mean, what we were doing (laughs) before probably was killing us faster, but yeah. Slowly. Slightly. <laughs>
0: no but <laughs> I mean we're up. all
1: gonna go off some way. So yeah. you know, this is gonna be But if I'm it, or... gonna go
0: off, I wanna go off as quick as Might as, quick as, quick as, as well do it myself as fast in. as I <laughs> can. Give me another red ball. Oh, if I'm gonna die, that. I wanna do it soon.
1: <laughs> Give me the twenty ounces of the quick fucking around.
0: Well, Joshua, thanks for being here. Thanks yeah, for buddy. having me.
3: This was super fun. Yeah.
0: Here's was... the part where you die. <laughs> <laughs> out for those talents. <laughs> he's Rah! carrying a red
1: bull oh thanks for joining us the Boiled owl podcast is posted on the 1st and 15th of every month visit us at boiledowla.org or email give a hoot at boiledowla.org if you want to know more about aa google alcoholics anonymous and your city or visit aa.org Note, Old Owl AA is produced by members of Alcoholics Anonymous and only expresses our experience and opinions. It is not endorsed by AA World Services. <laughs> I like the way he does it.